The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar, in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host... A jelly donut! David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you, and I care. Barry Stein. I can use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan. They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful. What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. December 1st, 2018, broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And today, he is the great-grandson of the most recognized cigar smoker ever, who also happened to be the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and led Britain to victory in the Second World War. We're talking about Winston Churchill and his great-grandson, Randolph Churchill, is with us Welcome back. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Okay, via Skype with my fingers crossed. From the other side of the pond, as they like to say, is Randolph Churchill. I've been waiting to say this for a long time. Hello, Mr. Churchill. Hello and good afternoon. Hello and good afternoon. It's Randolph Churchill here. I'm on the misty little island, the other side of your great ocean, and uh, I'm delighted to join you at this Cigar Authority uh, event. It's Uh, very exciting. What an honor for me to have there. You actually look like your great-grandfather a little bit now that I see you up there. There is a resemblance. Well, just make sure you're not looking at the guy over my shoulder who is my great-grandfather. There we go. He's keeping an eye on you guys. Beautiful. It's such an honor to have you here. Explain to us the lineage of your connection with Winston Churchill. How does that happen? Um, uh, well, I, can't, I didn't really have much to do with it. It was one of those things that just happened. And it seemed to go Winston Randolph, Winston Randolph. Um, uh, I do have a son, but I broke the tradition. I didn't break it too badly. He's called John Winston. Oh, all right. You, you got Winston in there also. All right. That's, that, that's good. Um, so your father was Winston Churchill. I actually met your father years ago um, when the association with Davidoff began. Um, yes. Um, so your connection there is um, you are, uh, and, and when I say you, um, the Winston Churchill Society is giving permission for Davidoff to use the name Winston Churchill? I, I, absolutely, and uh, I must say Davidoff have done uh, Churchill proud. It's been a fantastic association, and they have made, you know, my great-grandfather was always happy with the very best of everything, and Davidoff have created the very best cigars. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, they did a uh, beautiful image of him, and um, the cigars and Winston Churchill go hand in hand. I know Cigar Aficionado had said it before they put a, um, a poll out to say who was the most recognized cigar smoker of all time, uh, and that was Winston Churchill. Um, 
you know, everybody connects him with a cigar. Uh, the pitches, and I know some pitches now are actually uh, airbrushed out taking uh, the cigar. We won't, we, we won't allow that. And actually, one of the great images of my great-grandfather is when he landed in Normandy on D-Day plus six. And there he is. He arrives in Cherbourg wearing a French fisherman's cap and uh, a dock worker's leaning over into his car and relighting his cigar. And to my mind, Churchill smoking a cigar was giving us our freedoms. And cigar smokers nowadays enjoy their freedoms and relish their freedoms. And Churchill provides a perfect image for that. Now, you, you, did you ever have an opportunity to meet him? Um, well, I did my best, but uh, unfortunately, I was two days old when he died. So I can't say I have any uh, intimate personal memories. Um, but where I've been so privileged is I've grown up with those who were closest to him, his personal secretaries, the military people around him. And of course, sadly, now we're saying goodbye to that incredible generation that fought so hard in World War Two to give our freedoms. And uh, when I go to the United States, I've had the privilege of going to the Queen Mary in Long Beach. It's wonderful to see these veterans. And I must say, your nation does them proud the way that you continue to salute them. Absolutely. Um, so two days, uh, Winston Churchill uh, passes away. Two days later, it becomes the reincarnation of Winston Churchill, which would be you. Well, uh, it's nice to think that the next generation is kicking on the doors and uh, and very much here. And uh, and what's fun is um, uh, it, it's a magical legacy, whether it's his artwork, his um, uh, writing, his activities, his just love of life. Um, Churchill is an inspiration to so many people. So do you try to live by um, what he loved and learned and, and try to be like him? Um, I'm afraid none of us can compete up with him. The reason why the late hour was done was because he used to work through the night dictating, as um, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy said when uh, he was presented with the honorary American citizenship, Winston mobilized the English language and sent it into battle. None of us can keep up with what he did. But do you know what? His motto, action this day. If everyone achieves something every day, we've achieved something. Yeah, you're talking about the late hour, the Davidoff late hour cigar, uh, Winston Churchill late hour, which we're going to uh, light up the Churchill size. Um, but we're not trying to keep you on the uh, phone as long as we'll keep you on as long as we can, but not uh, uh, waste time to light the cigar. So we'll we'll celebrate that. But we have a, a glass of scotch with yeah. us. So I want to say happy birthday to Winston Churchill. Yesterday we celebrated his 144th birthday. We had a big event here at Two Guys Smoke Shop where a whole bunch of us got together and celebrated on behalf of Winston Churchill. So cheers to, uh, cheers. to Winston. Great. To Winston. Sir Winston. Randolph, um, your family lineage can be traced back to the Spencer family and later Spencer Churchill. And then at Winston Churchill it becomes Churchill. Do you, do you know the history of why those name changes happened? Um, uh, well, our lineage, we're descended from uh, John, the first Duke of Marlborough, who won incredible battles over Louis XIV. And John, first Duke, only had three daughters. So, in fact, the eldest daughter married a Spencer. So we are properly Spencers, but we reincarnated ourselves and uh, Churchill felt 
that the strong name Churchill was all he needed in life. And, uh, and it certainly was. He, uh, he managed to deliver his message very succinctly and clearly with that surname. Yes, he did. Um, so are, your pol are you into politics, cigar smoking, and drinking as your great-grandfather was, as those three loves of yours? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm into two of them, the cigar smoking and the, the drinking. There's a lovely quote. Um, 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 uh, Hitler always said that he was 100% fit. He didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he went to bed early, and uh, he was going to win the, uh, win the war. Churchill said he was going to drink a lot, smoke for great enjoyment, stay up all night, and he certainly did win the war, and he was 200% fit. Absolutely, and lived to 90 years old. It is truly remarkable that uh, when you think that he fought in uh, six different wars on four different continents, that uh, he died such a mundane death at the age of 90. But yeah. my goodness, he... Um, he, 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 he packed some things into his life. He lived at large. There's no doubt about it. But let's get to you. Um, president of the International Churchill Society. What is that? And uh, how does somebody find that and learn about it? Well, the great thing is um, Churchill's a wonderful prison for people to look at the history of the Second World War and a life well lived. And the International Churchill Society is dedicated to making sure that Churchill's legacy remains fresh. And if people go to winstonchurchill.org, there's a wealth of information. You can look up Churchill the cigar smoker on there. You can look up Churchill the painter or Churchill going into battle. And uh, there's so much information. And of course, we have great lectures, seminars, and we do debating competitions for youngsters to help them have the tools that they need to live in today's age. So um, the, the organization is vibrant, energetic, and of course we love debating history, and we salute the heroes that gave us our freedoms in the Second World War. So is there, is there a website to go to, or do you have to go actually to the physical location? Um, no, well, there are lots of physical locations, but you can go to winstonchurchill.org. It's that simple, winstonchurchill.org. Okay, and uh, lots of physical places to go, lots of museum-type places that you'll see these things? Of, of course. Um, uh, so many people have visited his home at Chartwell in Kent. I was there today myself. It's absolutely spectacular. They have 180 of his painting canvases. You can see the walls he built. You can see the honorary American citizenship. Then you have the Churchill War Rooms in London, where he uh, carried on the battle when Britain stood alone. And the atmosphere in those underground bunkers under London are absolutely mesmeri mesmerizing. And then in Washington, D.C., we have the National Churchill Library and Center. And we're also thrilled that in Fulton, Missouri, we have the National Churchill Museum. And amazingly there at Fulton, in the 1950s, they transported from London a bombed Sir Christopher Wren church and rebuilt it in Fulton. It has to be the oldest standing building in the United States. Oh, wow. So my knowledge is history books and movies of Winston Churchill. Um, and recently, uh, there's been a couple of Winston Churchill movies out there. How accurate do you understand them to be from your history of the, with the family? 
Well, the one that was truly outstanding was Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman and Christine Scott Thomas. That encapsulated those difficult days in May 1940 when it wasn't certain that Churchill was going to become prime minister. France and Belgium were invaded. Our soldiers were stranded on the beaches of Dunkirk and Churchill, by some miracle, came to, to office. A wonderful quote, uh, which we believe so strongly in, is uh, Churchill said, we are all worms, but I do believe I am a glowworm. And he believed in his destiny. And uh, Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman did an absolutely tremendous job. And for those of your listeners that want to get more information, the historian Andrew Roberts has just published an absolute zinger of a book entitled Churchill Walking with Destiny. Ah, yeah, I, I remember looking at those um, pictures of the bunkers downstairs. I'd love to actually see that myself yeah. to, to go down there. And um, let me ask you, is it, is it true the story of him going onto the train asking regular common folk of uh, what should I do here? Um, uh, he was brilliant at speaking out to the public, but that was used as imagery to project him going to visit the people of London and the other right. cities that had been bombed and flattened. But it, the, the tube scene wasn't true, but it was a bit of Hollywood license, and we loved it. <laughs> I liked it too, but I, I had never heard that before, and I said, you, this would be major historic stuff that people would be talking about, and I had never heard it, so I actually well, it, figured that. Well, in fact, the, I don't think there's much of a reference of Churchill actually taking public transport. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Randolph, do you think that uh, your great-grandfather's legacy was cemented by his successes more or by his triumphant return after failures? Um, a combination uh, uh, of both, but of course, what is inextricably linked with is freedom. If Britain hadn't stood alone from 1940 until after Pearl Harbor, we could not have won this war. So our freedoms we all enjoy today are from him. And so people look at the triumphs, but of course, there were many tragedies along the way. And uh, Winston was very honest that if you don't make mistakes in life, you don't learn. And um, we're just up to the centenary of the Great War. And of course, with the failure of the Dardanelles operation in the Great War, was the point, the lowest point on my great-grandfather's career. But of course, he learned so much from it. Yeah, learn from your mistakes, no doubt about it. Uh, Winston Churchill was also a Freemason. Does that continue through your family? Um, it doesn't, but uh, the Freemasons do so many good things in society, and uh, I've been involved in a number of meetings where they do such good things to help the less well-off in communities. And uh, you know, the whole point of society and uh, your, uh, your 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 show is to bring people together. And uh, we can't all live as um, the individuals alone. We can only achieve great things if we all work together. And uh, give people a sense of spirit. And uh, my great-grandfather, when he walked around the streets of London or had um, meetings with world leaders, having his cigar was all about having the Churchill spirit. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, did his, his way. You know, Frank Sinatra said it, but I'd, I'd say he stole that from Winston Churchill, that uh, there was a guy that did it the way he wanted to do it, and that was it, like it or not, that's who he was, and uh, that make, makes it uh, all the more historic. And sp- there's rather a, there's yeah. rather a fun quote there. My great-grandfather said, history will judge me well, for I shall for I shall write it myself. Right, right. <laughs> he, he said so many great things. Do you, do you have a personal favorite uh, quote that you use of his? Um, well, there are just, uh, they're just so many, but uh, yeah. being a little bit cheeky, uh, you, you, he's reputedly to have said, you can count on the Americans to do the right things once they've exhausted all the other possibilities. <laughs> Still true to this day. That's right. That's right. These things are... <laughs> You know, I, I, being a cigar smoker, you know, I'm always looking for new things and uh, historical pieces and things like that. And forever, I mean, I continue to see uh, Winston Churchill's humidor for sale. And these have happened over and over and over again. The question is, how many humidors does he have or had? And are there any left? Um, well, he was an impossible person to go shopping for. So uh, everybody knew he would love a good humidor. I would say that there aren't that many that come onto the market. Um, the last one I was aware of was three or four years ago um, at the sale of my late great aunt, the Lady Soames, who was a great smoker herself. Um, uh, I'm privileged to have a number of his uh, cigar boxes, and uh, we treasure them greatly in the family. And if any of your um, visitors are coming to England, I put on display at Blenheim Palace, Churchill's where Churchill was born, I put on a magnificent um, diamond-encrusted cigar box, um, uh, which is on display there. Beautiful. I have a uh, question from a listener that wrote in to me. Uh, his name's Eric, and he wanted to know if you knew how Winston Churchill stored his cigars in his summer house. Um, he stored his cigars in his painting studio. He was presented with a magnificent, um, I would say, um, uh, a walk-in humidor or a big, big wardrobe containing 2,500 cigars by the Cuban people in the in 1941. Tragically, the British Secret Service thought that it was a device to kill Churchill and it was full of poison. And so everyone was individually unwrapped and checked by our intelligence services and they reported that it contained a substance called nicotine. <laughs> and it's delicious. <laughs> the other tragedy was that when Churchill came after Pearl Harbor to spend three weeks um, at Christmas in the White House in December 41, um, lots of people in Washington delivered up cigars. Um, but Eleanor Roosevelt didn't want uh, uh, the White House uh, full of cigar smoke. And so they were mostly destroyed. Yeah. Wow. So I promised to get you off in 20 minutes. That's what I agreed upon. So the last question I have for you is, can you please say this? This is Randolph Churchill, great-grandson of Sir Winston Churchill, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. My great-grandfather would have loved this show. (laughs) Well, there we go. Well, you've just uh, absolutely said it, but my (laughs) great-grandfather would have loved the fact that people take the time out to smoke cigars, to enjoy life, to get away from their iPhones, and to create spirit. And he would have loved um, uh, the Cigar Authorities show and the fact that, that you're helping enjoy people, enjoy good cigars, 
and they should really get out and enjoy the Winston Churchill cigars from Davidoff, the original collection. But also, if they want the extra bit of lift, the late hour is absolutely tremendous. That's the one we're going to light, light up uh, uh, when we come back from break, and we're going to smoke, obviously, the Churchill size, because what else would we smoke on uh, a special day like this? Randolph Churchill, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's an honor. We're celebrating um, Winston Churchill's 144th um, birthday, uh, and thank you for coming on to the Cigar Authority. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to light up the Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour, as we continue to celebrate Winston Churchill's birthday. We're live here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer & Sickle. Live well. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper, considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez. Full-flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper. Rich and bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice. And available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum. Competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, Those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich. 
and the pissed off Kristoff is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10 count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing pot. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. Hola, soy Manuel Inoa from La Aurora, Dominican Republic. You are listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcasts Network. Say that five times Here fast. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the dick and fart jokes. Here we go. We're back and we're celebrating Winston Churchill's 144th birthday today. Actually, we did it last night, but it's continuing and uh, recognize the most famous cigar smoker of all time. So let's light up a cigar in his honor. And this is the one to do, right? Absolutely. There's no other. And interesting that uh, the he said the late hour movie. He meant the darkest hour, right? I think he said the darkest oh, hour. He did? He said the darkest okay. hour. I was thinking the late hour because late hour, darkest hour, same thing. Um, this is the late, uh, the Davidoff, the late hour, Churchill, the late hour. And uh, on his uh, on his 144th, for the 144th birthday, his distant cousin, 
George Bush, 41, passed away. It's not true. It's 100% true. They're related. It's related to the Bushes. Really? Yep. It's on the internet. It must be true. Along with uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, James Madison. There's like 13 presidents. And he's related to them all. All of them. Yeah, that's crazy. He's also related to Burt Reynolds, Dick Van Dyke, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, Kelsey Grammer, Walt Disney. There's a list. They could have a reunion. Family reunion. You know Dick Van Dyke's reunion. You've got to go was, way back into an episode. He was born penis fan lesbian. <laughs> well, that's why the dinosaurs are extinct. The last known dinosaur was like a lot of us. All right. <laughs> what are we smoking, parents? <laughs> uh, shut off, by the way. Today's Ovi cigar is the Winston Churchill the late hour, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic for Davidoff. The size that we're smoking is the 7x48 Churchill, and it features an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over a San Andreas Negro binder. The fillers are from the Dominican Republic along with Nicaraguan tobacco that's aged in space-side barrels for the minimum of three months. Single cigar will set you back 2019, while a box of 20 is $381.99, which is a savings of almost $22 or 5% off the box price on twoguyscigars.com. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. All right, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality. Tradition and excellence. Excellence. Winston Churchill would say excellence. That would be a word out of him. Mm. Excellence. You can pick up the subtle sweetness from that scotch cask aging on the cold draw. Not many episodes we only smoke one cigar. But today it's one cigar in honor of Winston Churchill. The Winston Churchill. The late hour Churchill. And uh, in addition to that sweetness, there's also a little bit of oak from the barrel. Thank you for that, Barrett. No problem. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Rocket. You want to talk about a big-ass tank? This is the biggest-ass tank for a small pocket lighter. It features three jets, a flip-top, and a very easy adjustment wheel, all for the low price of $12.99. That's the Vertigo Rocket. And what did Stevie Q say earlier? I get a lot of lighters. It's the only one that oh, ends yeah. up working every single time. I love it. So inexpensive and so great. Stevie Q. That's <laughs> a uh, direct quote. I was there for that quote. That's right. He doesn't just show up either. He comes packing. Packin'. He brings a couple of pizzas. Oh, my God. He knows how to do it. Taught Dave about individual uh, Parmesan cheese packets. That's right. You didn't, didn't even know, know that was I didn't a thing? Know. Listen, I have to get onto that. Uh, So, I had this last night. This is what I smoked last night. We, we had the two Winston Churchills uh, last night. I found it a little heavier than my normal want to go to that level at a 8.5 on the Richter scale last night. We'll see no. what happens here. No. That's where I was at. Just trying to give a heads up to the people that are out there. You look at that. You think Davidoff. You think um, Dominican cigar. And you're thinking mild. It's not. I would put it at a 5 out of 10. Five. It's straight down the middle medium. It's supposedly the same exact blend as the regular Winston Churchill, just with that cask barrel aging on the single... Uh, the San Andreas wrapper. Different wrapper, right? 
uh, the binder San Andreas, the rapper on the late hours referred to as Ecuadorian Habano, while on the regular one it's referred to as an Ecuadorian Roizer, R-O-I-J-Z-A. Which we have no idea what that means. Sounds the same to me. And the binder is... Is the same on both, and the fillers are the same on both, with the exception in the late hour, the Nicaraguan tobacco is aged in space-side barrels. Now, I smoked them back-to-back yesterday, and this one was a lot more full-bodied. I'll give you fuller flavored. I don't know about stronger. All right. I'm thinking the wrapper's a higher prime. Uh, the, yeah, the wrapper on this yeah. is a higher priming, which gives it a little bit more strength. All right. So let's talk a little about the interview we just did that I'll tell you, we've been doing this for nine years. I don't know about you, but I was a little nervous. I was a lot nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you said you had to submit your questions in I advance, did. and I never agreed to that. So I had my own questions. I, I had yeah. more questions, but we only had the 20 minutes. So. Yeah. So when I tried to uh, do the right thing so that they let me do when they have somebody else famous or something, we, we do the right thing, and maybe we get welcome Certainly. back to end up doing the right thing. Uh, 20 minutes. We got it in 20 minutes. I'm watching the clock and squeezing it in. I, I didn't get the exact um, You didn't get the show. promo you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Ed That's Sullivan good. may have to work some magic on that. Right. Brush up on your British accent, I, buddy. I, I may have to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can get that accent going. Doesn't the accent seem they're more intelligent than we are? I think, <laughs> I think given the panel that we have here, yes, he is more well, intelligent. But even more than an American. And, and, you know, I think any dumb Briton sounds more intelligent than, than the smartest American, especially a New England accent American also. I you, mean, we sound... You're on something there. Yeah. They, they, they're a little more methodical with what they're going to say, and they tend to go toward the praise versus the put-down. I think two hours with him, we could have got him over to us. Well, especially if he was drinking, so maybe we could have <laughs> right? got something out right? of him. Right. So we are drinking. What are we drinking? The o- this is Oban? Oban 14. All right. And he was a Scotch drinker, yeah. along with a lot of drinking. Yeah, and a lot his of great-grandson was uh, drinking a McCallum 12. All right. And smoking a Davidoff Winston Churchill original. Oh, and when he was uh, done, he was going into his great-grandfather's humidor and pulling out a Original Winston Churchill, one of his great grandfather's now cigars. That I would love to do. <laughs> yeah. Go to England, go in the war room, and smoke one of his grandfather's cigars. And then I have arrived and I can be, I can be done. I could die at that point. I think point. That, that without people realizing, and that's probably on everybody's bucket list, to be able to smoke an original Winston Churchill, just one of his cigars, that would be. In the be, war room. That would be pretty bomb. In the war room. We, I'm sure there's no smoking anymore down there. Oh, I'm sure. You know, that, another thing I wanted to get into was the smoking laws where, where Winston smoked anywhere and everywhere he wanted to. Right. Um, different time. That's when there was freedom in this country and his country and everything. It's just as bad over there as it is oh, over here. If not worse. Yeah. So uh, what else? What else do we get out of that? Um, no more. They're not on the Freemason side of it, although they appreciate them and whatever. They, there's no lineage to that. Sometimes that continues generation to generation. That was the interesting thing of, okay, we're into four generations now. Is it still there? No. Um, you know, he dabbled on Winston Churchill's father was Randolph Churchill. And he 
had a child and named him Randolph Churchill. Winston Churchill had a child named him Randolph right. Churchill. Randolph Churchill had a son and named him Winston Churchill, which I met before. Yep. I have an autographed book by him, actually. And um, nice, nice man. This was Randolph's father. So uh, Winston has a child. It's Randolph Churchill, who we just spoke with. And then he has a son. And he names him John. Well, John Winston. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but this is where it, it's all breaking off of. Uh, yeah, you got to wonder um, how far do you try to push that legacy? I mean, it, at well, some point, you also have to consider that this man has a wife. Yeah, I was just going to say, how much percentage of that the wife says, yeah. That would have been a question you could have put on the thing. No, well, I'll check I, don't it. Think, I think I wouldn't have got the interview. <laughs> but I want to know is, you know, so you decided to name him John. What percentage was that of your decision, and what percentage of that your wife decision? So it's about eighty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> in favor of the wife, and he got to, to pick the middle name. Come on, I gotta do this. We've done this for, for hundreds of years. We have to do it this way. We will not do it this way. Correct. I, I'll give you the middle name. Okay. That's how I'm thinking it, it went down. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which would not be... Uh... Now, one story that I came across in preparing for the interview that I didn't get a chance to touch on is that Winston Churchill was captured at one point in his military career. Is this a joke? No. All right. He broke out of the Boers prison in 1899. He was hid in a mine for three days, a mine shaft. He made his way down a railway, jumped on a... Hitched a ride on a ship and made it back to the front line and continued to fight. I mean, that's... That's the mindset of this guy. Just never say die and just his whole never, life. Never quit. Never was quit. His thing. Never yeah. quit. Never surrender. Never surrender. Yep. Go all the way. And that's how he became that's how he became famous in Britain is is breaking out and then going to the front line. That's where he got his kind of broke into the uh, public would, eye. He would wake up in the morning and lay in his bed and read the paper and smoke a cigar before getting out of bed and to drink pee. a and drink a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> before Getting out of bed. Even I don't do that. Right. <laughs> That's hardcore. It is. I'm thinking about starting, though. I mean, he made it to 90. You know, it was bothering me. that You said that he was related to Bush, and I actually had to look it up. He's an eighth cousin one time removed. So they are related. I am well aware. I thought you were FOS. No. No. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners thought you were FOS. No, I, I typically am. But in this case, I, I did a little research. We didn't even touch on the fact that he's uh, a sixth cousin of Princess Diana, the Princess of Wales. I kind of wanted to go down that rabbit hole a little bit, but you took over the interview with your I have your, your questions in advance, three weeks in advance. <clears throat> Everybody knew exactly what I was going to say. Nobody knew what you were going to say, and that was the whole nervousness that was going on, <laughs> by the way. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> I don't know where he's going to go. There, was, and, there uh, was one spot that I thought Barry was going to go down the rabbit hole, and he didn't. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'll listen to the show and I'll send you an email. Yeah, maybe. I'm so, like, just I didn't want to so start. An, I didn't want to start an international incident until Jonathan. The question <laughs> I wanted to ask yesterday, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got uh, twelve uh, questions for you guys about Winston Churchill and see what you know about him. How many cigars a day did Winston Churchill smoke? What he do you think? was in the range of. Uh, I'm going to say 12. I'm just going to go 12. I was going to say 10 to 12. If I got a exact number, I'm going to say 10. I'm going 15. All right. Barry's going to get that point. The answer is 10 or more. So 10 was the exact number that was said. And uh, 10 cigars a day. 
So I got to double up because I'm averaging about five. <laughs> right. Me too. Uh, what size is a Churchill cigar? The size that we're smoking. Seven by 48 traditionally. Uh, 47, I, I think. think actually, I think Ed Sullivan's correct with 47. Ed Sullivan gets it. Ed gets it. It's a 7 by 47. The cigar we're smoking is a 7 by 48. Is it? Going to double check. Yes, 7 by 48. All right, yeah. The original Churchill uh, made in Cuba, which was a Romeo and Juliet named after him, mm-hmm. um, was the 7 uh, by 47. And the Churchill on the regular uh, Winston Churchill line is 6 and 7 eighths by 47. Ah, mm. So still, they stay away from the exact. Yes. But very close. Seven eighths. My God. Um, did Winston Churchill only smoke Churchill size cigars? Yes. I'm going to say at some point in his life, no. Maybe. I'm no. going yes. No. He smoked Romeo and Juliet, Epicure Grandes, Romeo Pyramids, along with many other brands and sizes, but his two regular ones. He actually smoked Pyramid. Uh, Romeo and Juliet's. The Epicure Epicure Grande doesn't exist anymore, nor can I find any size of what that is. Romeo or Julieta Epicure Grande's Cuban. I'm going to look it up. Okay, so um, who got the no was Ed Sullivan? I think they both got a point on that one. It's two to two to goose egg. Okay. Um, We always hear of Winston Churchill's humidor being auctioned off. How many humidors did he have? I, tr- I tried to get that answer out of him, but I didn't. He said uh, he had lots of them. I'm going to go with my second favorite number, 67. 67, says Mr. Jonathan. I'm going to go uh, 102. You're friggin' Googling it. No, I'm on the Romeo and Juliet page. <laughs> Ed Sullivan, how many humidors did he have? Tell us. 58. 58. It was 80. 80 humidors. Ed Sullivan gets that one. Um, Closest without he going He stored 4,000 cigars humidified at all times, an average of 50 cigars per humidor. 80 humidors going. The guy could run a cigar shop if he had to. There's stores out there that ain't, ain't uh, handling 80 Humidor's worth of uh, cigars. So it's true. Uh, I would say uh, 102 is over. Um, it's Ed Sullivan. He gets the point. All right. Ed Sullivan gets the point. Uh, what kind of spirit did Churchill drink most regularly? Now, are we talking about by the bottle? Because a bottle of morning would make it wine. That's all I got here. I'm going. To, I'm going. It's in, it's in the wine family. Scotch. Ed Sullivan? I'm going to wild card and saying rum. Uh, scotch and soda. Uh, when he woke up in bed, had it every single day. <laughs> Imagine that. Scotch and soda. I like Which, him a little more right just now. Just for the record, I have a perfect record right now. While so. reading the newspaper, it was scotch and soda, followed by Paul Rogers champagne with lunch. Then French wines at dinner, red and white, both. Then Heinz Brandy, Johnny Walker, red and black scotches, Johnny Walker, red and black scotch, cognac, and an occasional (laughs) martini at night. Never, never sober. Drank every day. Giving myself a point for that. Drank every day, smoked 10 cigars a day, barely slept, and lived to 90. 
So you giving yourself the point well, for that? I should get appointed. He, you labeled, you listed three wines. I did, but scotch is the answer. Every day when he woke up, scotch and soda. Uh, a scotch and soda versus a bottle of wine with lunch. Yeah, we just know he had um, two wines with dinner, but not always. Hey, Stevie Q, they don't make small bottles of champagne, buddy. We get two hours of wine with Jonathan every Saturday. Every Saturday, whether you like it or not. I'm giving myself a point for that one. How old was Winston Churchill when he died? 90. Exactly. Yeah, that was sad. I get a point for that, too. Well, he was 90 and 10 months. Two months away from his 91st birthday. Still 90. Yeah, so everybody gets that. Uh, How old was Winston Churchill when he started smoking cigars? 10. 13. I think he was 23. He was 15 on the first round. Uh, When Churchill was just 15, his mother implored him to give up the habit. He was smoking in front of his mother at 15. She was mad. you got to stop doing this, Uh, even writing a letter. If you knew how foolish and how silly you looked doing it, you would give it up, at least for a few years. So he did. She didn't just rely on uh, a thought. She turned into uh, every parent's favorite weapon, bribery. If Churchill would give up smoking for six months, she'd give him a gun and a pony. And he agreed to the deal. She gave him a gun and a pony if he stopped for six months. So he did. Eventually, at the age of 21, he went back to cigar smoking, and he continued till the day he died. I wouldn't take that deal, just for the record. At 15? No. A pony. Everyone loves a pony. <laughs> I'm scared to death of livestock, so I'm out on and a, a pony. And a, and a gun? He wanted the gun. I have plenty of guns. I don't need any more. Where did Winston Churchill's mother come from? What country? United America. States. From Brooklyn, specifically. If you want to get specific, I'm giving myself a point for we, that we, and for the correct answer. We, we finally hit one of your research areas. There we go. Winston Churchill's father, Randolph Churchill, married... Jenny Jerome in Brooklyn, born daughter of a wealthy financier. The couple had two children, Winston in 1874 and Jack in 1880. What did Winston Churchill die from? Uh, Old old age. Cardiac arrest. He had a stroke. Close enough. No, (laughs) not at all. Uh, What was the first name of Winston Churchill's wife? Hint, he was married to only to one woman his whole life. Her first name was Clementine. That's right. Oh, my darling, Clementine. That's where it comes from. Oh, my darling, Clementine. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I'm going with he, it anyway. He, he's cheating. He has the answers written down. <clears throat> yeah. I'm batting a 1,000 on this one, Barrons. Uh, two more questions. Churchill had a speech impediment. What couldn't he say? Cinnamon. <laughs> no, he stuttered and couldn't pronounce a letter or sound. He couldn't pronounce a letter or sound. Let's go with R. He always said wascally wabbits. It's uh, a, I'm going to say TH was where his issue was. I'm going I'm to agree with uh, Sullivan with the letter R. It's a CH. CH. <laughs> Insert joke here. <clears throat> and the last question, and the most important. What was the name of Winston Churchill's dog? Dean Martin. No, that's my dog. Damn it. Fido. Adolf. Close. (laughs) Rudolph. 
All right. Rufus. I'm sorry, Rufus. Oh, I was going to say, Rufus. is your middle name? No, Rufus. 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 Uh, by my count, I have uh, six points, and Barry and Ed Sullivan only have three. That, that's right. Makes me the champion. Yeah, Jonathan Math the is the real math. Yeah. Winston Churchill game. You're practicing some fuzzy math over there. Here we go. So that's with the little information I have that I could have referred back, and I was thinking of actually uh, quizzing. His great grandson, but I said, yeah, let me I don't think uh, Randolph is going to appreciate that, although he probably would have been able to answer them all. He should. Given he's the president of the Winston Churchill Society. All right, so we're smoking the Winston Churchill late hour. I'm going to touch mine up a little bit, only because I'm talking too much. Very interesting. When cigars are aged with liquor, typically you only get the flavor on the cold draw. And once you light the cigar, the flavor goes away. In this case, the sweetness lingers on your palate long after the cigar's gone. It's got a long finish, but it's a sweet finish at the is end. Is it because you're drinking scotch along with it? No. Does I, it pair so well with scotch? That it does pair well with scotch, but I was pay, paying attention last night. Okay. <clears throat> as See, well. And you're saying sweetness. I'm getting a little bit of sour apple, some toffee, a little bit of an earthy component. Those are the exact flavor notes written on the Oban bottle. <laughs> I think that's your issue. No. <laughs> and you've had more Oban than you had cigar. <laughs> but no one's keeping track. But if you were, there's more Oban. Kiss that bottle goodbye. We just cracked Jeez that open. Louise. There we go. <laughs> wow. That was quick. So I can't think of anybody even close as, as a cigar smoker that you would... Say the person and cigar smoker. You had John F. Kennedy, who was a cigar smoker, but people wouldn't say John F. Kennedy cigar smoker. I guess the closest would be someone like George Burns or Milton Berle, who were identified by Milton Berle was known for something else. <laughs> no, and George Burns was known as God. Well endowed. Is that where you're yes. going with that? Yes, he was. I didn't know that. I knew that he was really? a cigar smoker. And you just came up with that out of the blue. Judging by the look on your face and how well I know you, <laughs> yeah. I knew where you weren't willing to go. Yeah, I think that's more than a cigar smoker. It wasn't part of his shtick. And it wasn't part of Winston Churchill's shtick, but there he was with the cigar all the time. He didn't talk about it or anything like that, but um, George Burns, part of his shtick... You know, always with a cigar in his hand of uh, living to 100, by the way, all these people. Milton Burrow, 100 years old. Um, of cigar smokers. Uh, would you say... Uh, Groucho Marx always had a cigar. That's He's kind of synonymous yeah. with... Although there's no brands named after them. Yeah. Um, how about um, Arnold sizes. Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Kind of famous for his cigars. Still, still to this day, even with all the non-smoking stuff, when he's in a movie making a cameo, he's got a cigar in his hand. And my favorite thing is before he left the governor's office, he lit up in the office before walking out the door. In really? Yes. Okay, I know he had the tent outside for work. Yeah, no, there was the video of him leaving the office, lighting up, walking out the door, shutting the light out, and that was the last thing he posted ah. as a governor. Ah. All right. Um, no, I can't think of anybody that, that, that famous. Maybe Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro, mm -hmm. cigar. Yeah. Even though he stopped smoking cigars in the 80s. Yeah, he's a quitter. He's a quitter. <laughs> did he stop? Yeah. He did. Yep. He did. <laughs> Um, he and then he said, "I would only give these to my enemies or something like that." And I said, "Send them this way." What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then how come we can't get any? Right. By the way, Rudy says we need to drink more. 
Oh, God. I don't think this even happens. I think he, he says this so that we drink more, but... <laughs> Rudy, please send in an email. Let them know I'm telling the truth. Need to drink more. Uh, no, I think uh, I, Scotch is... Is slowing me down. It's not speeding. Well, I think slow me down. I think that's that may be Rudy's point is that we tend to be a little less high strung. Yeah, with a, with a couple of shots. All right. <clears throat> uh, you got something in the mailbag? I do. Okay. Daniel writes through the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com. Hello, Dave. Apparently, Daniel doesn't realize <laughs> that I receive all the emails. That's all right. It's okay. He's talking to me, and I'm getting the message. Congratulations on over three decades of success as a cigar retailer. As a new retailer, I appreciate listening to your show, especially when you provide us retailers with pearls of wisdom. Your last show, and this is an older email from August, uh, you asked for suggestions. Maybe you could have a short segment focusing specifically on pearls as ways we retailers can improve our business based on your vast experience. Thank you for your time and energy to advance our industry. It's much, much appreciated. Signed, Dan. Okay, Dan, you should be a member of the IPCPR, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers. And uh, they asked me this year to do a, what do you call that, seminar or whatever, mm. um, video record a seminar of uh, best practices yeah. for the holidays. So we, I did one for the holidays. I did it last year too. And you go onto the IPCPR website with your code. Unfortunately, the consumers can't go on there, but your code to get in because you're a, hopefully a uh, member of the IPCPR and paying dues and you have a code. You get in there and you'll see this maybe seven or eight uh, different things that are there. And two of them are me giving you some best practices, uh, uh, both being for the holiday season. That's what they asked for. But uh, I may or may not be coming out with a book, right? Yeah. I think you probably are. I'm probably coming out with a book of retail practices. And this uh, stems from uh, Jonathan's wife. There's a podcast up here called... The Writer's Block Podcast NH. Now, are you going to write it yourself or are you going to have a ghostwriter? He's got it almost written. It's almost written. <laughs> so uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I was talking to Jonathan's wife and I said, I've been thinking about this for years to end up doing it. I keep hearing you talk about it and stuff. You know, what's the first step? And she said, just start writing it. Just, you know, and don't correct it and just keep going and going and going. So I'm about 150 pages in. She said, I need about 200 pages or 50,000 words, so I'm at 38,000 words or something right now. And uh, when the editor takes out all the ahs, yeah, he's gonna be cutting <laughs> down to 22. Yes. Yeah, no, there's no ahs. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, uh, to Dan, one of the things that you want to do, especially during the holiday season, is embrace the fact that it's the holiday season and understand that you're going to have women coming into the cigar shop really for a month and a half. This is it. This is when we see the, the women come in. They're buying gifts for their husband, their grandfather, their father. Or and they're so, coming in for themselves. Well, right. it's not necessarily the Baroness woman. is here it, the representing. Non, the non-smoker is coming in. Well, non-smoker. Right. Better way to put it. Uh, but it, I see it every day. It's mm. the, There's a lot more women than what we're accustomed to. So you want to keep in mind that you want to have your smoke mitigation running. You want to have Christmas music playing. You want to look festive. You want to make it look like it's a place that women can come in and feel comfortable and Make sure your seating area is tucked away in the back where your regulars aren't going to make people feel uncomfortable with the lurking and the staring. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I hear from, you know, having multiple stools over all these years, actually it's three, four, five, six, seven. I've had seven cigar stores over the years uh, 
never more than three, but you know, moving them around from state to state, those, those that know uh, my story. And I learned when we finally came to the Salem store that when we put the seating area in the back of the store, the non-cigar smoker that would come in during the holiday season was much happier. And they, they said, oh, I'm so glad you did this because I always felt weird coming in to a crowd of people staring at me because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't realize that. And I said, oh, my goodness, never again right. will I do this. So you make them come in and feel like they're coming shopping in a store because that's what you're doing. And, and you know, keep the regulars away from them so that they're, you know, not... They don't feel it works two ways. You don't want the regulars that are hanging around feel like somebody's coming into their clubhouse. Right. And the other way around is you don't want it to feel like a clubhouse of people when somebody comes in the shop or else how are you going to build your business without new people? You know, we lose customers. They move away. Um, they go to other stores or they die. Right. So you're going to lose customers no matter what. Uh, there's nothing that can be done about uh, most of it. Uh, but you need to get new customers to replace that. So make them feel welcome, obviously, right. coming in. So that is that. Okay, um, thoughts here on the Winston Churchill, the late hour Churchill. We're going to smoke this through the next hour, but early, we're going to get another hour out of oh, the season. Oh, without, without yeah. question. Uh, I'm sure you guys have had popcorn before. And uh, at the bottom of the bowl, you get the half-popped kernels. Some of them have a little char to them, especially if you do it on the stove, which I know you do. And this has a little yeah. buttery, charred popcorn kind of thing a happening on the finish. Too. Yeah, the salt that fell to the bottom of the of the thing, and you get your finger and you're swirling around, and you get in the last piece. Do you do that? No, swirl your finger around the bottom. Do that. That's, do that. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> He's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Sullivan says it's there. It's there. It's there. I'm on a different island. Really. Yeah, I still you with toffee? And Keep a, drinking, buddy. I still got the sour apple going on, a little bit of citrus, um, a hint of birch. Birch. That's, that's what I'm getting out of this. Well, again, what was the last time beer? you stuck your finger in a birch tree and licked it? You know, Don't six answer. hours ago. Don't answer that. <laughs> All right. Now I got to be with Mr. Jonathan on this. This is what I taste on it. Um, so we'll see. I think, by the way, I'm done. I'm going to make my New Year's resolution a little early. I think I'm done with all the weird flavors. Really? I mm. think I'm going to go with just regular... What everybody else does? Regular tasting notes. Really? I think I am. I don't think you can pull that off, folks. That's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah? I'm going to try to stick to the, the, the standard stuff. I noticed your 30-second review, though. You got a new 30-second. Did you see that, man? Nice what do you think? It was good. 30 seconds. It was good. It's enough of Mr. Jonathan. It's about 10 seconds too long, but it, but it was good. <laughs> no, I thought that would be good. 30 seconds is, a, is a, you know, tolerable. Yeah. I, what I will say about working with David as a director is he sucks because yeah. he says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Puts me in front of a, 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 the green screen in a chair and says, all right, ready? Go. And I do 36 seconds. He goes, way too long. You didn't say this. You didn't say that. 15% too long. Do it again. So I go again. Wrong, and lays out the whole thing. Nope, this is this. Doesn't say what he wants. Just it's wrong. Go for the third one. Bang. I guess we could do that. Yeah. I guess it'll work. <laughs> I, I would have one ounce of criticism: the ticking of the thirty-second clock in the background, a little bit lower. It's a little annoying. A little annoying. Perfect, right? Couldn't even pay attention to what he was saying because it was annoying the hell out of it's me. It's annoying. Uh, the whole idea is it's a little bit annoying. I'll tell you that. It's, uh, it's Mr. Jonathan's 30-second cigar review. <laughs> this is a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bother you. 
All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, uh, what's up in the cigar industry, and how are the contenders of the Cigar of the Year going? Lots of letters in the mailbag on that and more. We're celebrating 144 years of Winston Churchill, and we're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Rafael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales, where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast or better yet passionado cigar journal covers cigars in the u.s and around the world and is printed right here in the usa you owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine cigar journal available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website cigarjournal.com that's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, 
and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Mr. Jonathan Carney with La Florida Minicana Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority. Not Mr. Anything. And we're back with our number two, broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We're smoking Winston Churchill Davidoff, Winston Churchill, the late hour, in celebration of Winston Churchill's 144th birthday yesterday. Uh, it was also the birth date of um, another big cigar smoker, um, White hair with the big mustache. Uh, Sam Elliott. No, the... Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Ah, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Mark Twain. Big cigars. 22 cigars yeah. a day? Yeah, something like that. So uh, I just saw that uh, last night, and I didn't know. And so. his first name was Sam in real life. In real life? Samuel yeah. Clemens. Yes. So maybe next year for our Winston Churchill dinner or something, we celebrate both. Oh, nice. And... You know, I don't know what he smoked or what we could do to that, but Jonathan will do research. Yeah, tell me who who he's related to or whatever. <laughs> right, everybody. Hey, him and Winston Churchill are related. 
Cousins, they, 22 times removed. No, I think <laughs> they are related. I, I so I and, and we all notes. started at Adam and Eve, right? We're all related yeah. in some way. I think it is. Except for me and Jonathan. <laughs> I think it started at Noah, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, we have no second cigar. We're going to smoke the Winston Churchill, the late hour Churchill, for the entire show. And um, there's enough of a cigar here that'll get us through the entire show. So uh, going back to last week for a second, we announced the contenders for the Cigar of the Year. And those contenders are the Christoph Vengeance, the Aladino Maduro, the Recluse Los Cabos, Aging Room Pura Sepa, Placencia Alma Campo, King's Treasure, Arganosa Leaf, Connecticut, and the Balmoral, Connecticut. And uh, if you want to get in on this for your vote and to try all the cigars at a discounted price and uh, see what it's all about, and, and you get to cast a vote within this, and you only get to cast a vote if you have smoked all eight cigars because it's unfair. You smoke two of them and you say, this is the best one. That's all there is to it. If you didn't smoke the other six, it's unfair for you to actually make that. It's only the educated smoker, the one that, you know, it's unlike going to the voting polls and you're voting for somebody and you know you don't know anything about either one of them and you're picking one uh, because they're a Democrat or Republican or picking one you like their name or whatever it is. But that's not, not how you're supposed to do it? No. And there's none of that with the cigar of the year. You are going to do it because you're an educated smoker. You've smoked all eight of them. Now determine what it is. And I'll tell you, we, we end up picking the contenders, and I end up going through the contenders myself a couple of times just to go through them all again. Yeah, I got to do the and same thing. And you change up a bit as you go mm. on, and you stop moving it, you know, and it's we just did the Snack Authority today. We do every week. And the same thing that we think we're, we're trying three different of the same snacks, which one's better, and I keep moving my little plate around of, whoa, this is better for this, and what I think was going to be the best is not always the best. You had to eat a lot of them, really, to I had to go for, with the answer. Plus, I wanted to. So <laughs> Today was uh, the cheese doodle or the cheese puff or whatever you call it, and I came out different than I thought I was going to come out. Which one did you like? I'm curious. You're going to have to listen to the That's show. That's right. Oh. Let me hang there. Listen to the show. And while you're there, hit subscribe. I don't listen to this show. I got to listen <laughs> to that go. show. There you go. And you know uh, you're going to have listener? a hard time. Some. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time finding the button because it's not spelled subscribe. subscribe. There's a B in there somewhere. <laughs> so you're going to want to subscribe. Well, I don't know. Barry may have made the website, so it could say subscribe. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point. I didn't think of that. All right. So, Barry, uh, People have these contenders packs. They went out on Monday. They began shipping on Monday. Here in the Northeast, everybody got them on Tuesday. And then as you go across the country, you add another day to it. Nobody smoked all eight. They're well, slackers. Mo yeah, most people aren't Zero like votes. Us. Zero votes so far. We're all a all bunch right. of people slackers. People don't smoke five a day like we well, do. So it's not. I've had a few people ask me when the deadline fair. to get their vote in. We're going to announce the cigar of the year on December 29th. So is it safe to say December 27th? Can we go that close? Or are we going to want to go, like, when's the cutoff for the vote? Yeah, that morning. Tell me who All wins. All right, so right up till December 29th. Yeah, tell me who wins that morning, and it, it is who it is, and that's what, is that what we smoked during the show, or maybe the second hour we smoked? I don't know how that Well, went. we typically smoke the old Cigar of the Year. And then we smoke the new Cigar of the Year well, in the second We hour. have a cigar and the Cigar Authority care package for that show. So it'll be something from the care package. Ah. And then Cigar of the Year. All right. All right. Is this care package cigar last year's Cigar of the no, Year? No, it is not. Well, what wow. the hell? I don't, I don't make the decisions. I'm not in that pay grade. 
All right, so no votes yet. It's funny, when we get our cigars for Cigar Journal magazine to blind taste them, um, sometimes we bang through them so quick. Mm-hmm. You're even faster than me, Jonathan. And this time was actually only six cigars that we got. So, boom, that's a day. But we end up holding off for a week or so just because if they see it comes in after a day, they say, you didn't really do it. But, yeah, we do. We smoke that many cigars. For me, the first two cigars, when we do that, if they're clunkers, I dread going through the pack. If I, the first cigar I pick out of there is a home run, I bang through them. So let me ask you this. Do you pick – do you look at them and pick – I'm gonna. I think I like this one. You, you're trying to yeah. find one you like by looks. Well, I'll come in that day and figure out what's on the agenda for the day, and if I have time, I'll smoke a bigger cigar. If I'm going to be rushed to get through it, I'm going to smoke something thinner and smaller. No, I, see, I take the approach that you were talking about, because is why if I, I smoke a good one, then I'll say, okay, I should find a bad one. Uh, this one doesn't look good, <laughs> but. Boy, that doesn't work. It doesn't at all. So Sometimes the, I'm surprised. The book is not like the cover or whatever they right. no, that say. Don't judge is. a book by its cover. Uh, sometimes I pick this and I go, this one's going to be perfect for me. And I go, oh, my God, that was terrible. <laughs> and here's a low rating on that. And then I'm like, oh, my God. And then I, when I hit a good one, now I'm back excited again that I want to do it. I but- don't go in waves like that. I just It's a job. And I go systematically through. I reach in the bag. This is the one I have. Period. That's, that's it. it. I'm not. I'm not looking at them beforehand. Nothing. I don't lay them out. I just go in the bag. And when I'm out of cigars, I send it. See, I don't look at it as a job. I look at it as a passion. Cigar journal is for passionados. Mm. If I look at it as a job, some jobs you dread. I mean, the first cigar wow. I picked up was an '83. I was dreading Listen. that second cigar. I don't put any I don't put any thought into or excitement or lack of excitement into the next one or any of that. It's time to do it. I do it. It's very right. methodical, but you know it all sounds fun when you're not doing it. It's a job, right? But yeah. when I get one, and right away I'm thinking, "Oh my God, this is not the cigar for me." And you got to get to the final third, right? It's like, oh and boy. I and I got paperwork. I'm I'm at my desk, and I got a stack of things yeah. I got to do for the day, and I cannot do two things at no, once. No, it's tough. It's tough. Because the next thing I know, I've, I've plowed through the cigar, i doing my paperwork, and I look at my notes, and I got no notes there, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, when I, I'm supposed to do a first, third, second, third, 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 uh, taste, uh, cold draw. Oh, I can't go back. I can't do the cold draw. So I'm like, ah, I can't do the paperwork. I got to just start this way. You know, for me, I'm always running behind because I'm in the studio all day producing podcasts, and I can't do both of those at the same time. Right. There's no way. Yeah. It's not as easy as it appears to be, for sure. All right, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's What's Up up? in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. Earlier this year, the Illinois legislature voted to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. The measure was vetoed by the governor. Good. And the Senate could not gather enough votes to override the veto, thus killing the proposal and scoring a victory for cigar smokers. 
This week, President Trump signed sanctions against Nicaraguan president and vice president, preventing them from doing business and seizing any assets they have here in America. According to various cigar manufacturers, the sanctions currently have no effect on the cigar industry. Magic word there? Currently. Currently. And, you know, he might just take control of the cigar industry like Fidel did. That's a possible danger. Yep. And uh, California is set to introduce new legislation next week that will ban flavored tobacco as well as restrict online sales of tobacco. According to reports, the age of the person purchasing tobacco would need to be verified, which we do at twoguyscigars.com. And the packages must state boldly contains tobacco products. Signature of person 21 years of age or older required for delivery. The bill is currently sponsored by six Democrats, and that's what's up. Here's here's the problem that happens there. You're going to put contains tobacco products, which is, (laughs) might as well put a flag on, steal me. Yes. That's where the problem is going to arise when it comes to that. (laughs) How about inside the package it says contains tobacco products? Outside the package? Just signature required is all that should be there. Yeah. This package contains diamonds and precious metals. Right. Which will, which will raise the price now of shipping to uh, California constitu- uh, smokers because it, there's a fee attached to signature required. Yeah. And in the meantime, alcohol, drugs, no signature required. Just send it. Drugs? Drugs. <laughs> can you mail order drugs? Yeah. You can mail order drugs stop, out of the country. Yeah. I could stop buying Viagra from the... You can. Just mail order. You should. And you can buy it from China. And don't, you shouldn't even procreate, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Just a suggestion for all of us. Festivus is around the corner. For all of us, please do not. All right, go ahead. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a mailbag. Oh, please. Wow. This one comes from our friend in Canada, Rudy. That was quick, Rudy. Who says, as per Barry's request, (laughs) I am sending in a formal demand that you all drink more alcohol on the show. As Mr. Jonathan stated, you are all more relaxed when you're drinking, and probably because of that, I think you're funnier. Really? Plus, continue entertaining us for decades to come. Love from the great white north, Rudy. Rudy. And they appreciate Winston Churchill over there in Canada. Do they know who he was? I think everybody yeah. knows who Winston Churchill was. Was he a god like he was of, of, of our country? Hey, if it wasn't for you know him in America, they'd be speaking Spanish. Right. Mexico would invade them. following message was submitted through the Contact <laughs> Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Jason writes, gentlemen, before I pull a Mr. Jonathan and pull out a small soapbox, my soapbox is not small, <laughs> I would like to thank all of you for your wonderful entertainment and service you provide. Ever since I joined the military almost 10 years ago, my father and I have enjoyed a weekly and sometimes bi-weekly cigar evening over Skype, as I've always been stationed away from home in the U.S. With the care packages, coupled with your show, it has brought our shared experience to a whole new level. We now learn so much more than we did originally, and now we always have at least one cigar a week that we can compare notes with throughout the care package. Our weekly sessions still continue, and even as I have now been deployed, and our five for five with Skype sessions so far, 21 more to go. Yes, I was surprised that the Middle East has Wi-Fi as well. Now for my soapbox. I was a little shocked that Mr. Jonathan did not pick up on this, though I will recognize that he was preoccupied with his own little problem, kidney stone. I hope that is all passed by now. 
When Barry talked about his time off, he mentioned that he went to one of the best restaurants in Boston with authentic Miami Cuban food. I know exactly what he's talking about as I grew up in South Florida with authentic Cuban food. But this example is on the same basis as saying authentic Los Angeles sushi or authentic New York Italian. You cannot say something is authentic if your city is not from the original place. He even went on to say that everyone was from Cuba, not Miami. I figured if Dave took the time to ensure the cigars were properly labeled as boutique, as a fellow foodie, we should probably properly utilize the term authentic as well. Authentic Cuban food comes from, this might be hard, Cuba. Absolutely. And <laughs> not it doesn't Miami. Ta- and it doesn't and taste not very like, good. And it doesn't taste like no. uh, Miami Cuban food, which is actually better than Cuban Cuban food. Though South Florida does get confused with North Cuba at times, this is just alternative facts. Uh, quick recommendation for future shows, anything that can advance our ability to pull out flavors, techniques, taste bud training, whatever, would be useful. I remember a previous writer talking about doing a care package with cigars with prominent flavors and smoking those for a month. I second that. Anyway, yeah. keep doing what you're doing because a little taste of home goes a long way here. Thanks, gents. And that's Jason. And Jason, thank you so much for your service. Absolutely, Jason. Thank you. Glad we're providing something, a uh, bit, of, bit of home for you that's <laughs> going there. Yeah, or whatever this is, whatever, <laughs> whatever we're doing here. Uh, absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I'm not uh, a world traveler by any means. I go to third world countries that produce cigars or nowhere at all. And uh, but I've been told that like Italian food in Italy does not taste like our Italian food. No, it doesn't. And some people told me American Italian food is better. It's what we know. That's why. Well, because the, the Italian immigrants came in and they were shocked at how cheap right. meat was compared to what it was in Italy. So they created all these recipes that started in the United States. And I'm told that if you go to China, don't expect. Chinese food, as we understand. <laughs> no poo poo platter. No, there is no poo poo platter there at all, or anything that's on a poo poo platter. They don't have any of those. Why would someone put poo poo on a as, platter as something that you could order at a restaurant? That's always been my question, Ed Sullivan. Yeah, what does it mean, and why does it say it? This is a good question, but you know, Dave and I were doing research for a different show, and we happened to start searching the web for things and we found a japanese restaurant that serves everything in toilet bowls yes because that's where it's going to end up anyways (laughs) no but that's the dish itself is is shaped like a toilet i'm all set no, that's pretty cool, right? I don't think so. <laughs> you would lick all. a urinal, and you have a problem with urinal that? cake. Oh, yeah, okay. urinal cake. It's not a mint. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I would take a bite out of it too. Um, yeah. So I like American food, and it can be a poo poo platter, and it can be spaghetti and meatballs, and it can be. Uh, uh, Cuban food or whatever. It Which, is. by the way. We had the event last night, and uh, everybody was talking about the meatballs. Mr. Jonathan, the Frenchman, made good meatballs, got to admit it. They were pretty good. I didn't try any, but... Don't worry, we're going to have meatball Monday. I I was afraid the food wasn't coming out fast enough, and I better not take... I got some input that it could have used one more egg in the meatballs. You, my friend, are what you are. (laughs) Well, you didn't have it, did you? Oh, no, no. This is just the crowd, you know, oh. reached out to me and said that they were pretty no, good. No, because but... I went grocery shopping and I forgot to get <laughs> eggs and I had five eggs and I re- the recipe really should have had six <laughs> eggs. 
And I told Ed Sullivan, there's only five eggs in these. Ah. <laughs> and it, he said, oh, you'll be fine. Add a little water. You'll be good. <laughs> Evidently, people noticed. Yeah. yeah I don't people. think anyone noticed. I think he's just breaking balls. <laughs> All right. What they did notice is we haven't done the matchup of the week yet. And that ding ding means it's time for the matchup of the week. Brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? And we pick something each and every week. Would you rather be a police officer or a firefighter you got to pick one this is going to be your job now you want to be a policeman or do you want to be a fireman it's tough when you were a kid you wanted to be a fireman uh you might be too old for that you want to be a soldier or you want to be a fireman that's what we wanted to be you got you got two jobs you got two jobs where every single day you're looking at certain death in one case, you're getting shot at, and in the other case, you're going the opposite direction of what all of your instincts say directly into the fire. Yeah. Ah, that's See, a- for you, you need to simplify this. You would enjoy riding a pole. So, therefore, you would be a firefighter. <laughs> Just for riding the pole part of it. I don't think you're allowed to answer for me. I think you're supposed to only answer for you. I'd rather be a fireman, I think. <laughs> he makes a good point. <laughs> he does make a good point. I can't begrudge well, him that. Here's some more things in favor of the fireman. I think you get more downtime where you hang around the firehouse and, and you cook, cook chili. Well, and yeah. the other thing is, too, we all know I like to get dressed up. And they, there's always fireman calendars. And I love getting my picture taken so I could do that. Yeah, they they yeah. got they got a good twenty four on twenty four off. Right, they got the three days on. They still have to go off. into burning buildings. I know both of them are tough, and I don't want to mm-hmm. do either of them. And thank God there are people out there to do it. And believe me, as I do, they're doing for, God's work. Yeah, as I as I say to the military that go out there and do what I'm not built to do. Those are two other things that I'm not built for. I do not want to do either of them, but I got to pick one. And you I have to pick the fireman also. Really? Uh, You're going down a pole? I'll go down the pole because I, I, I don't, I don't want, see that I don't happening. Want, You're want, deathly afraid of heights. I don't want the domestics and go in there and fight. And every <laughs> single day is bad. Every person you deal with hates you because you're pulling them over for a speeding ticket or else you're going in for a domestic. Or you're going after the gang members and all the bad stuff. And they shoot at you. Yeah. They shoot back. You are not, you are not going up a ladder. You are not going the down the thing, pole. The ladder thing. I'm scared of heights. So I, I, had to, I had to change a light bulb right here. And so I put a, a, a ladder up over the stairs to go change the light bulb. And Dave was pacing back and forth going, you know what? Forget it. We'll hire someone to do it. I can't, I can't be here. I'm like, <laughs> can't go in even the office. Watch him do it. I, I said I'd hold the ladder. It's up against the stairs, Dave. It's fine. Just go in the office. I can't do it. Pacing back and forth. And I was on the ladder. If he was I on the ladder, he'd be having his own poo poo ladder watch it in his TV. pants. I can't even watch it on TV. Yeah, I could picture you fireman. in the back of the fire truck like Kramer driving the, yeah. driving the uh, hook and ladder. <laughs> but they know who's the guy to connect the things to and who's the guy to go in or whatever. I'd say, let me connect the things. Let me drive the truck. Let me do something else other than I'll go into well, the first floor, but I'm don't make me go to the. You could be a desk be sergeant. The, be the fire chief. I'll be the fire chief. Yeah, that's a good job. Can you just go for that? Sure. No, I don't think you can. <laughs> I think you need years of experience, and you need to know how things burn. And Yeah. 
be able to whisper to the fire? I'm not being a police. Sorry, I'd be the one guy that would be the police officer. Yeah? Because growing up in New York, 60, 70% of my friends were police officers. The people I became friends with in Miami were police officers. So He's I think just, I would get along better with people in that particular job. You're just hoping you could be one of the cops on the take. <laughs> that is that. Is that yeah, too? definitely that. Ed Sullivan. Not a lot of firemen getting a little graph, right? There's not none of that happening. Definitely firemen. I want make, you know, big vats of chili. and I think it'd be fun. And, I'd want to be the cook for the firemen. Cue the siren. The siren going <laughs> high. Yeah. Man, I got I to gotta say, you, you, you make a good point, and, and uh, not enough is done, I think, for the police department because these are the guys that are on the front lines for the city. They're trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah, they pull us over and they give us speeding tickets, but it's so that everybody gets to benefit from the common good, and uh, they they get spit on. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. All right, let's uh, give our thoughts here on Winston Churchill. We're getting down. We're into the. Uh, I'm at about a halfway point. You guys are I'm on. In the, your I'm bo- starting the final third final here. Final, yeah, I'm getting notes of vanilla, mulling spices, and uh, smoked. Cocoa encrusted almonds. You're gonna he st- already destroyed his New Year's resolution. Right. Hasn't started that's yet. not a normal chocolate. That's not a normal no, cigar flavor. Encrusted, whatever the hell. Nuttiness. That was. That's not a normal flavor. Smoke encrusted. As soon as you said smoke encrusted, I was done. Smoked cocoa encrusted almonds. That's the flavor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not normal. Cue my harp music. All right, let me. I got you. I'm not allowed to say on the air what I call Ed Sullivan off the air, but he knows what I'm calling him right now. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> nah, I'm still with the... Um, you're not the, getting any cocoa. The, the burnt popcorn at the bottom of the pan with the salt. and Oh, you're still you're further back. Yeah. So you, you said vanilla, I believe, at the beginning yeah. of that, whatever the hell that was. I'll agree with the vanilla. And I'm getting a little bit of woodiness and still like a, a very faint citrus. This wood. Barry's got wood. This wood. <clears throat> Glad I'm behind his desk. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not glad it's pointing at me. All right, let's take How a break. When we come back, more letters, a peek at a crazy story, and we might even squeeze a classic three-way competition in on this. We're live at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. No fast-forwarding. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding. The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. 
The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican Cigar Manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameroon binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. Ooh. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, 
This cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by Cigar Master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Hello, this is Houston Aurora from Jerry Tobacco. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we're back. We're smoking the Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour Churchill, no other, celebrating the birth of Sir Winston Churchill. We celebrated last night. We're going to continue it all day. I think I'm smoking Winston Churchill's all day. I think you should. Yeah? I think you should. So, um, I forgot to get to upcoming shows. I want to do that now. Next week, the long-awaited cigar pairing, movies and cigars. Next week, dreading this. I'm already dreading it. I already got like a list of fifteen. All right, but I did have a conversation. Get your top five. Yes. And make sure you get your top one. Yes. Okay, we're gonna go five, four, three, two, one. Each one of us. Ed Sullivan, you hearing this too? Oh five, yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Mister Jonathan, if you got extras, it's for, for later on or whatever. But that's it. Pairing a cigar. Perfect pairing. There's no extras, and there'll be no fat on my list. I ran my list down uh, by my buddy Scott uh, last night, and he said. It is nothing short of majestic. Okay. And the deal is that we are all going to watch three movies after that if we haven't seen them already. And that'll be the top three, oh, the top man. movie of each. No. You guys are going to be pissed. One, one clarification. It's going to be your number one movie that you're going to oh. you like to watch, right? Absolutely. And you, and you watch it more than once. One clarification. I'm not, watching gay, I'm not watching gay porn. Sorry. I can have The Godfather on the list, just not in the number one slot. Well, you could have it in the number one slot, but it, then none of us have to watch it because I magically excluded yeah, The Godfather. How did you become the setter of Do you know rules? who I am, Ed Sullivan? No, because this is part oh. of Barry and Mr. Jonathan's go-to line, trying to My pick up My entire life. Hey, I never, going uh, to a bar. I never watched The Godfather, you know, so that makes me special. Before I met that's my you, wife, that was my move. Yeah. I'd go in and I'd say, hey, listen, I've never seen The Godfather. I yeah. think you and I should uh, yeah. hook up. And it worked. You never watched it before? Oh, my God. You're such a rebel. Oh, it, and it became the thing that they tried to get me to do. They'd be like, oh, we're going to watch this, Goodfellas, and then try to sneak The Godfather. Nope, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. And Barry's and by the, same the way, thing. we're not dating Ignoring now. Ignoring it. Ignoring it. It's, there's nothing to it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous <laughs> that you don't watch it. It's ridiculous. Who wants and, to and watch a no three and a half hour epic, epic movie? It, it is the top of everybody's list, and there's a reason for it. You'd both love it. No, and and there is nothing to it. It's, it's annoying me. But I heard The Godfather Two is better. If I was going to break down that's and watch the, one, well, that that's the problem. I'd watch that the second one, one. It, one was so great, and then two comes out. Two never is as good as number one, and it comes out and it's even better. How could it be better? That's why than- I can never watch the first one. I might someday watch the second one, but I'm never watching the first. <clears> one. But everyone agrees, stop after two. Yes, <laughs> then stop. But they, they which re- is the opposite when it comes to Rocky, because it was good, great, better, fantastic, horrible, yeah. and then back to being really good again. With Rocky Balboa and then Creed is a oh, whole yeah. new thing. It's a new thing. You saw the Creed. I saw Creed 1. I haven't seen 2 yet, but I heard in behind the scenes, and I, and I saw the video of Sylvester Stallone saying, that's it, I'm out after Creed 2. Amen. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Would he get nine of them out of there? But he's he, still Creed is still going to continue. He's just not having anything to do with it. He's just, passing the just, torch to the kid. And just he, collect the money. He's even doing another Rambo. Yes, he is. Yep. The yeah. final blood. Because the first one was well, the, the last first blood. blood. I think it's the last blood. The last yeah. blood. Really? You got the first yeah. blood. Here's a guy that made blood. a trillion dollars off two movies, and he just keeps bringing them back. Wasn't he in Throw Mama from the Train, too? No. No, it was <laughs> no Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Stop yeah. or My Mom Will Shoot. Right. He did never, that one, too. I never saw that, and I hope not to. <laughs> it just uh, became well, Jonathan's number one. <laughs> just got added to my list. Anyway, yeah. next week, that's what we're going to do, the cigar pairing. The following week is the history of cigar smoking bands. The smoking bands. We're going to get into that. And I'd also like to bring the audience in on that show. That'll be uh, on the 15th. Whatever audience member is here that watches us is welcome to come on. And we'll do a different segment with each one and bring them on. Which Walter, which, don't blow it off. Which no is stage a, shyness. Which is a good way of... Pamela, I expect to see you here as well. Nobody's showing up that week or something. So let's be... <laughs> we know on. Sean's going to be here. He loves coming on. Good. Have we said, wait... Cigar bands, as in what's wrapped around the cigar. No. Or cigar bands, a band. No, 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 no loud. Can't. He doesn't pronounce okay, his no D's D. at the okay. end of words anyway, so it could be either one. Okay, and he could change his mind between now and then. See, I, I was thinking like rock bands. No, a band. B a n. Uh, all right, uh, as opposed to band. B a n d. <laughs> and the following week, we're going to do how much flavor does the cigar band have? He added the last D for flavor. Duh. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into blind tasting and things like that on there. Uh, December 29th, we'll announce the Cigar of the Year because you guys will have your care packages. You'll, all the votes will be in, and we'll do that, followed by, in January, the State of the Cigar Industry Address, and on and on in there. And now some manufacturers are contacting us. We're actually going to get some manufacturers in here in the wintertime. Which is unheard of. Usually they stay away, but I'm trying to build this up. So I got January all covered and working on February now. Awesome. So we're taking care of that. So uh, that's that. Go to a mailbag. All right. Our boy Alex Acosta writes in through the Contact Us page. Dear Super Friends and Mr. Jonathan. It's not off to a stellar start here. Hmm. A few weeks back, I thought I lost my palate for smoking. I realized after I had a few cigars with some friends, it was not that I'd lost my palate. It was that I was not giving the cigar the attention it deserves. Nice. Since I know you guys smoke on the job, how different are the cigars you smoke when you're doing non-cigar-related work versus when you want to relax and have a good time? How do you recommend picking cigars to smoke while you're doing something that will not allow you to focus on the cigar's full experience? And there's more, but we can talk about this for now. I feel strongly on this one. I like to go for a a bolder cigar when I can't focus on it, right? Because they tend to relight better. You may have to relight something three or four times if you're not focusing on it. So I usually go for a nice Maduro cigar in that. Like while you're producing a show? And you got to pay attention to the show? Yeah, might, you know, over the course of that cigar, I might do four or five relights. A Connecticut shade? Won't stand up to it. So, interesting. You, you're the perfect person because you were a big cigar smoker before you started working at a cigar shop. Has your enjoyment of cigars dropped because of that? You used to enjoy them much better? Not, because Not one bit. No? Really. All right, no, good. My, my approach has, you know, when I know, okay, I'm going to be doing this, it may go I. I choose something different, but I still love it. That's that's much. good because I worried about the new mic that works for us now, and 
big cigar geek, loves cigars, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's going to, you're so into it, I'm afraid you're going to end up getting. Uh, yeah, you, Mike 3. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mike, Mike Trey. We got three mics here. I saw so. Mike 2 up on a shelf, like an angry I elf. I saw that. I saw that. You look like an angry elf yeah. on a shelf. Perfect person. Angry guy on a shelf. <laughs> I would say when I'm recommending, if someone says, listen, I need a uh, a yard gar, they're called. I hate the term gar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, something that where you're going to be raking leaves or mowing the lawn. Uh, really, price is the factor when I'm recommending something. I tend to recommend something on the lower end where you're not going to pay right. attention to it and the subtleties of the flavors aren't going to matter as much. And if you've got time to sit down and enjoy it, that's when you go with something like the Winston Churchill, the late hour, yeah. where you can pull out those subtleties. I'll often... Go with a Dos Ombre Maduro if I'm doing something out in the yard because I like it's sturdier cigar. Uh, my go-to snow-blowing cigar is the Umbagog. It's a little Ooh. pricier, but, um, you know, often it's still snowing when I'm out Do there. Do you have so. one of those tents that goes over no, your snowblower? No. No, you're old school, huh? Old school. And it's a thick wrapper, so you don't have to worry about the cold weather. Snowblower right. without the tent is not old school. The shovel is the old school. The shovel. That's old school. I got a three-foot-wide shovel, man. You don't have to talk to me about shovels. All right. <laughs> All right. So Alex continues. Now on to the volunteer portion of this email. If you guys ever want some help with the Spanish words you will be saying on the show, please, please, please let me know, and I will help you guys nail the phonetic pronunciation before so, the show. Jonathan, here's what we need to do. At some point, I'll get him on Skype. And get him to record some of the words for us. And when you folks mispronounce them, I can, you know, correct in, Insert it. them in here. And by you folks, he means Barry and Dave. Uh, feel free to email me and we can iron out an, opportuni an opportunity time during the week. Warm regards from the Yucatan. Signed, Alex. The Alex, Yucatan. you maricon. <laughs> Just leave it at that. All right. That one I can pronounce. That's not nice. No, it's not. Alex is a good dude. What, I don't know what that means, but I know it's time for the Don Raphael offer of the day. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? $1 million. We've got a lot of million dollar things here. Just give up a kidney. Nope. Cut off your thumb on your dominant hand. You got to cut it off. On your dominant hand. Could I still throw a football? Could I get one million dollars? No, you could use the other hand for your leisure I'm activities. Pretty, see, I'm pretty good with the other hand. Yeah. I, I'm a righty, but I, I light my cigar with my left hand. I cut my cigar with my left hand. Million dollars. That's the only two things it. I need my thumb for. You need it for one other thing. What? We're not giving ourselves personal rectal, rectal exams, and you can do that, lefty. You can't write without your thumb. You can't. Your thumb is a major thing. Put the yeah. You hold the pen like this. Million dollars. You do it. No, I'm in. You do it. I'm in. Get the donors. I'll chop it off with a with an axe. Hmm. Boom. And then I say we do this more often, and we'll get rid of him piece by piece. Million dollars. You take your thumb. Thumb gone. Ed Sullivan. Well, I'm considering asking you if you want to go halvesies. <laughs> oh, hell, I'll get in on this. We'll go thirds. <laughs> you would really do it. Gone. I would never. Ed Sullivan would never. Never. Me either. At this point, I'm 40 years old. I mean, I can. I could have myself carved out a little safety net right there. I'd be okay. all set. You're I all could set. Million in the bank. Take up DJing again if I wanted to. 
All right, let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. First off, I'm sorry. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes... The early apology. This is bad. And he apologized to the lonely lady uh, in our audience. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. Plastic has become a dirty word as pictures of the ocean have emerged with a floating sea of plastic waste. It's gotten so out of control that in the state of California, they've outlawed plastic straws. At a bar I go to, a patron is even bringing her own metal straw. This week, the news had a story of a sperm whale who died that was found with 115 plastic cups and two flip-flops in his stomach. The moral of this story... The sperm whale should have spit instead of swallowing. And that's not only oh. insane, it's asylum. God. Wow, you worked on that all day. <laughs> <laughs> that, and you know something? Everybody saw it coming, right? <laughs> I, I didn't. I was, taken, oh, I was taken aback by that. <laughs> <laughs> Following message was submitted through the Contact Us page as we shake our head in shame <laughs> for the late, great Barry Stein. Hey, guys. Great set of contenders this year as per usual. I appreciate you guys have a set criteria. You make that criteria public and you stick to it. Here we go. No one can question that. While I know it doesn't qualify to be Cigar of the Year because of its limited availability, I want to give a shout out to the LFD TAA 50th Golden Oro. Available at twoguyscigars.com. And that's written in the email. Nice. Thanks for the heads up. It is by far the best new cigar I've smoked this year. Anyways, keep up the good work. Signed, Josh. Josh, you like him full body, brother. I could, I could not get through it. I could not get through it. You gave that off to uh, Jonathan Connie. Connie, in fact, and he and smoked he the rest of put, it. Yeah. Like a man, there was only one. And he said, uh, if you can't make it through that, let me know. And he didn't even cut off the end that you licked. Just put it right in his mouth. I didn't lick it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to lick it before you stick it. <laughs> Little burnt ends happening here on the... Uh, Davidoff. <clears throat> Even right down to the end, I'm still picking up. It's now, a now it's, it's a, heavy for me. It's a darker vanilla, more like a, a Madagascar vanilla. It's a little darker. Really? Yeah. That did it. Yeah. That did it. Nailed it. Madagascar. I don't know what that is. It's a darker vanilla, really? especially if you just chew on the bean right. for a little while. Uh, the Tahitian tends to be more floral. Right. It's lighter and brighter. The Mexican is what most people are used to. It's just in-your-face vanilla. But the Madagascan vanilla is a oh, little darker. superb. It's, yeah. Eight out of ten in strength right now? On no, the vanilla bean? Five, no, no. On the cigar. Five, yeah, six man. at most. I'm with Barry on this. 5.7. Wow. Nope. Too heavy for me. Could I'm, be, I'm could so be curious. I drank, I drank all my booze. I drank all my water. I'm, I'm out. Here. I haven't, I haven't even touched mine. 
Sure, I'm not going to do a John Carney and put it in my mouth. If you touch me. <laughs> There's I no know, lip marks. There's nothing. I, I know you've been. Check yeah. for lipstick. Right. I, I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, I hate you. <laughs> I'm wondering if it, it, are you are you thinking it's a, a nicotine full bodied thing or is it just the flavor that's overpowering your palate? Because yeah. you are a super taster. You got a lot going on when it comes to pulling out flavors, but yeah, it's strong, strong to me. Oh, this is nothing. Yeah, it's, an, it's an eight. If we were, if they were like, oh yeah, here smoke a strong cigar, I'd be like, dude, this is weak sauce. Hmm. It's not really. It's full flavored. I'm going to give you that. It's a full bodied experience, full palate engagement, but it is not strong by any stretch. I think anybody could smoke this. Hey, not go, anyone. Go by the email. It's not LFD strong. No. I mean, in LFD. No, that's a 10. Are, well, some, some, of them are, are, some of them are eight. Well, the uh, 50th anniversary is a 10. Yeah, I'll go nine, 10. I'll give you that one. Because something has to be, right? And you think this <laughs> is an eight? If that's a 10, you take yeah. it down 20% from that strength? No, this is half the strength of that. Half. Half. Yeah. Well... Let let them be the judge of it. I, I say this because I don't want people like mild cigars. To I like mild cigars, yeah. and this is fantastic. It's not a mild cigar. It's not your grandma grandfather's mild cigar. <laughs> and seventy percent of what I'm smoking lately has been mild stuff. Yeah, and this it's pretty close to mild. All right, let's get to a classic three way brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. <laughs> Now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let it know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Was got- it really a sperm whale, or did you make that up? No, it was legitimately a sperm whale. Hmm. I guess I, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I got six questions and three tiebreakers in case they needed today. <laughs> Who was that champion? Uh, wasn't me. I think it's Ed Sullivan. It's got to be Ed Sullivan then, right? Yeah. Because it certainly isn't you, Mr. Jonathan. So, Ed Sullivan, Hugh Hefner publishes his first edition of Playboy magazine featuring Marilyn Monroe as the magazine's first centerfold today, December 1st. What year? 1957. Oh, published? I thought we were going for his birthday. Uh, 1960. 1961. Everybody's over. It's 1953. No points. Over to you, Mr. Jonathan. Alan Connorsberg. Connorsberg. Also known as Woody Allen. American film director and actor. Annie Hall. Born in Brooklyn, New York. That's for you, Barry. Woody Allen, born today, what year? 1921. 21. Still alive, 1947. 47. Okay, 1937. 37. Mr. Jonathan will take the point at 21. It's 35. Close, Ed Sullivan. 
but no cigar. Mr. Jonathan on the board and nobody else. He was still off by 14. <laughs> Whatever. Barry Stein. The game bingo was invented by Edwin S. Lowe today. What year? Bingo. 1870. Wrong. I'll go 1850. 1801. 1801. And Barry Stein will take the point. Damn 1870. It's 1929. How off is that? <laughs> A lot. Yeah. B9. Your tumor is B9. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Who's this dude? This is to Ed Sullivan. <laughs> I'll be using that. You got to breathe for that one. <laughs> Thriller, sixth studio album by Michael Jackson, is the best-selling album of all time. Billboard's album of the year was put out today. What year? I got no idea. Oh, I got to say something, right? 1982. 82. I'm going to say Michael Jackson had two words to say about that album. Hee <laughs> hee. It was 1984. 84. I have 81 written down. 81. Ed Sullivan will take it as 82. It's 83. Ed Sullivan gets the point, and we have three people on the board. And it's over to Mr. Jonathan. First skywriting over the U.S. said, Hello, USA, by Captain Turner, R-A-F. Today, what year? First skywriting over the United States. I'm waiting for Barry Stein to write his answer down, because I don't want him playing the man on this. Okay. <clears throat> 1919. 1919. 1949. 49. I had 1941. 41. Mr. Jonathan will take the point. 1919, it was 1922. Mr. How Jonathan. How many points is that off? I'm just checking. Mr. Today, what year? This is, today's their 4th of July, but it's not the 4th of July. It's December 1st, but this is their Independence Day in the Dominican Republic right now. 1918. 1918. We'll go 1861. 1861. At 501 episodes. The Cigar Authority is the highlight of my week. I listen to several cigar-related podcasts, and yours is the best from a pure entertainment value. He says nothing about facts there. <laughs> yeah. There are others I listen to for pure cigar talk. And for real information. <laughs> <laughs> Go for an even thousand. Oh, God. <laughs> the promise was 501. That was the promise. We will keep our promise at least... And we'll see what happens after that. Maybe we have a GoFundMe page or something to keep us going. <laughs> Would that be something? <clears throat> so that's it. 
uh, was awesome to have uh, Randolph Churchill. The, 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 is that our biggest guy? I got to he, say. He's not the guy, but he's related to the guy. He's the guy behind the guy behind the guy. I think just from a pure, you must submit your questions in advance. I mean, he really was a legitimate guy. I would say he's our first legitimate <laughs> guest. He didn't have to do it. It was a real interview. Thank God we had nine years to prepare for it. Well, you had the baseball player. We've had some people. Yeah, uh, Big Poppy. Big Poppy. We've had... Um, we didn't have him on the <clears throat> show. We had... But yeah. we, we had a recording. Oh, we didn't have him on the show. We had... Um, the actor, um, Amanda Sante. Amanda Sante was Pretty very cool. good. We had Tony V. Yeah, Tony V, the comedian. And, and Bob Kelly. Hollywood actor. Yeah, Bob Kelly. Yeah. This guy is related to the guy, but it's Winston Churchill. This guy had a list of demands to be on the show. This is, he's the real deal. He said we had to have cheese, cheese curls earlier <laughs> in the day. He wasn't here for them, so I ate them all, but... The best, the best yeah. line from Dave, by the way, we had a, a good friend of ours, Nick, uh, whose dad is uh, ill and, and he missed last night's event. So he texted Dave and said, I can't make it for the night. And Dave says, no problem. I'll hold your cigars for you, uh, but I'm eating your cake. <laughs> <laughs> no response back. No response. He didn't find that amusing, but I did. I did. Yeah. I thought it was great. All right, that's it for us. Um, next week, it's the long-awaited cigar pairing show, pairing movies with cigars. Find it's not out long-awaited. That's BS. It, it, it is for me. Find out some of our favorite movies and cigars that would pair perfectly with them. Who smoked what in the movies? We're going to try to find that out uh, and uh, lots more. So until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And uh, for the last hour and a half, you've learned nothing. So always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.